All right, what's up, guys? This is the Left Can Tally podcast here with special guest Patrick Austin. What's up, Pat? How we doing? Pretty good, Kevin. How about you? Fantastic. It's been a crazy two days since uh, the legal tampering period has started. Um, free agency actually officially starts today, um, where players can officially sign. But the tampering period started, and the past two days have been hectic, as you know. A lot of things have been going on. Uh, we're going to start though with the biggest news, which is a trade. Odo Beckham Jr has been traded to the Browns for a 2019 first-rounder, a third-rounder, and safety Jabril Peppers. So this kind of blew up the internet. No one saw this coming, and all of a sudden the Browns look like they may be the best team in the AFC North and you know possible Super Bowl contenders. What do you make of this trade, um, and what do you think about this trade for the Browns and possibly for the Giants and how this affects their future? Well, um, the Browns... I mean, I, I this is a hell of a move for the Browns. I mean, this is really going to vault them into uh, contention in the AFC North, especially after the Steelers just lost Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, and the Ravens lost four starters. I mean, they got Earl Thomas and uh, who who else did they get? Mark linebacker Ingram. Mark Ingram uh, this morning, which will help them. But I mean, the Browns. I mean, they their offense: Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Odell Beckham, David Njoku, Antonio Callaway, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield. I mean, that could that could very well be a top three, top five offense next year. Um, I, just considering yeah. the weapons. I mean, if Baker Mayfield is who we think he is, which is a franchise QB, I, I mean, he th- this team could win the AFC North next year. Well, you just mentioned Baker Mayfield, right? And can he be the franchise QB? Um, you know, do you know? There's a lot of pressure on him now. You know, you have the weapons. You, you don't have anything to worry about. You got OBJ there. You got Jarvis. You got Njoku, Hunt, Chubb. They're, you basically can't fail with the weapons you have around you. So do you think, you know, do you think Baker will live up to the hype that's now being created with this offense around him? Or do you think, you know, he'll produce average enough numbers to get the playoffs? Or do you think he'll have like an MVP type season that some people are thinking he will have? Um, I mean... I really think the sky's the limit for him. I mean, you saw what he could do last year when his best offensive weapon was Jarvis Landry, and he can't – I mean, he doesn't catch the ball over 20 yards down the field ever. Right. I mean, now they have Odell Beckham. Antonio Callaway, I really think, is going to be yep. a sleeper next year. I mean, he has a lot of ability. I mean, you could see it last year. On every pretty much go route he ran, he broke the line of scrimmage very quickly and would beat the corner. He just couldn't catch the ball. He has drop issues. But, I mean, him as a number three receiver, that's that's a pretty lethal wide receiver core right there. And Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield, I mean, that's 30 carries yeah. a game for your oh, running yeah. backs that, I mean, you're going to get like six yards a carry maybe. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's – uh, their offense could be really scary. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with the defense. Honestly, more so with the offense. I mean, the offense is obviously going to be. I mean, it'll they'll be it'll be good no matter what. I think it'll be good. But their defense is really what's going to be key for them because I mean, they traded away Drew Bill Peppers, their mm-hmm. first rounder and their third rounder, so they're not going to have any sort of picks really to get any impact guys or any starters. Yeah. And I mean. Did they sign anyone at safety? I didn't even. Did they I don't know sign? if they got anyone at safety. We know they got Olivier Vernon. Um, he'll yeah. be a guy that'll help them out. But the the secondary certainly has not been upgraded through this free agency. No. Um, they got Sheldon Richardson, 
uh, defensive tackle as well. So oh, they're, they're building yeah. up that front seven. But, you know, I mean, can you? I can't even really name anyone on their secondary right now. No, I mean, yeah, beyond, I mean, Demarius Randall, is that, I think that's their current free safety. He's pretty okay. good. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, their corners, I mean, I guess Denzel Ward, if Denzel Ward can just stay on the field, but right. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, he's just very, very small. And that was the, his issue coming out last year from, or as a rookie. And that was his issue last year. He, was yeah. off the field for I don't know how many games, but he was off the field for a good enough amount of games where he wasn't making a consistent enough impact, at least for a number four overall pick. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked when they selected him that early, and we'll see if he can live up to the hype this year. But, you know, now we want to talk about the New York Giants here. Um, everyone, you know, they're berating them. They're, they're pretty stupid, honestly, for giving away a guy like OBJ for – you know, a first round or a third round in Jabril Peppers. I mean, you can you can say what you want about that, considering, you know, Antonio Brown went for a third rounder and a fifth rounder. If you compare the value from OBJ to AB, it seems better, but OBJ is also the better player. But, you know, the Giants right here, you know, they've gotten rid of Olivier Vernon, OBJ, uh, Snacks Harrison, Eli Apple. I mean, they've gotten rid of yeah. a lot of guys. So does this change... Yeah you know, possibly their direction in the draft or what is the direction of the franchise right now? Because I don't think anyone really knows. I don't think the Giants know either. I I mean, Gettle, Dave Gettleman came in last year and, you know, he's like, oh, best player available. We're going to always take the best player available. Like, yeah. that's fine. You can take Saquon Barkley number two overall if you have a quarterback. And Eli Manning is not a franchise quarterback anymore. And their O-line is terrible. So I actually, I actually kind of like the Vernon trade that they made they picked up a yes. pretty solid guard that'll help kevin both. zeitler that'll, yeah that'll help both um barkley and probably eli because eli his biggest issue i mean he can he can make throws he can make most of the throws still he has absolutely no mobility anymore he can't right. break out of the pot i mean you see a defensive lineman come within a couple inches maybe even just a couple feet of him he's going to just go down he doesn't even really take that many hits anymore or he may take the hits, but he'll just go down when a D lineman comes close to him. Yeah. And I just, I don't really know what they're planning. I mean, they picked up that O lineman and their offense could be decent this year, but they don't have any outside weapons anymore. Um, I mean, Sterling Shepard, but him and Evan Ingram aren't really enough to keep an offense going that they traded away half their defensive starters mm -hmm. and let Landon Collins walk for nothing. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know what the hell they're doing, to be honest. It, I, I think they are pretty doomed at this point. Uh, I mean, you pick a running back number two overall without a franchise QB, and then you trade your star wide receiver who you signed to a hundred plus million dollar deal yep. this season or off season after you did that. I mean, they're paying Odell Beckham one million dollars less this year than the Browns are. They're paying him sixteen million dollars. <laughs> And the Browns are paying him $17 million. Yeah. I mean, their GM said a couple months ago, we're not going to sign Odell. We didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him. Well, yep. you did. Yep. You did. Like, I, I, he says all, all these things, and I don't really think he knows what the hell he's doing. So I'm interested to see what they do. I don't think they'll take a QB in the first round this year. I think the really? fact – I mean, it's possible. Um, I mean, it helps that they got that extra first rounder. But they yeah. have so many other holes to fill on their roster now. And I, I mean, Eli, he's not a franchise QB anymore. I mean, he, he probably can't take a team 
deep into the playoffs. But if you built a very solid, very good defense around him, finally gave him an O-line again. And, I mean, Saquon Barkley, I mean, he's very clearly a generational type of running back. So, I mean, he you could build an offense around him, but I just don't see it happening in the next couple of years for the Giants here. Well, I think the interesting thing is, like, earlier in the season, at the beginning of the 2018 season, the Giants did not have the worst roster. They had a pretty decent roster, and it, it looked like a roster that could compete um, in the NFC East, and, it, and it, it did here and there. But, you know, then they trade all these guys, and it, all of a sudden they're in complete rebuild mode, which really makes no sense because, you know, they didn't have to get rid of Landon Collins. They could have franchise tagged him. They didn't have to get rid of OBJ. They didn't have to get rid of Olivier mm-hmm. Vernon. And you're basically, you know, if you choose a quarter, if you keep all those guys, you already know who Saquon Barkley is, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL already. You know what who OBA, who, who OBJ is. All you really have to do is get yourself a franchise quarterback, and then you have a roster there that can support this brand new franchise quarterback and even support Eli for the amount of games that he would play until the, the new guy came in. So it's really just, you know, surprising because they didn't seem like a team to me that really needed to go into rebuild mode like they did. And that's, that's why yeah. I think all this is so shocking. And now yeah. they're just, they're just tearing it all down. And it clearly Dave Gettleman just wants to build it his way. And the roster they had in 2018 wasn't his way. Yeah. I mean, it, it really just, it just kind of baffles me everything he's doing now after he took Sa- I mean, the fact he took Saquon Barkley number two overall and they're rebuilding now. I mean, that's just really one of the stupidest. I mean, it, obviously, yeah. Saquon Barkley is like a great player and everything, but picking a running back at number two overall, you better hope your team's going to make the playoffs next year because you can get a running back for much cheaper and also pick, uh, they could have gotten Sam Darnold last year. Yeah. Uh, they could have gotten Denzel Ward. They could have gotten pretty much anyone else other than a running back, and it would have been more helpful to their team probably. Because, yeah. I mean, Saquon is obviously, I mean, he, he's Saquon, but it's just... I don't understand what they're doing. I mean, it's just they went from last year. They're like, oh, we could make the playoffs. Eli's a franchise QB. Um, we'll be good. To And then they signed Odell to that $130, $140 million deal. And everyone was like, okay, I guess this is going to be their core now. You got Saquon. You have Odell. Uh, you have Damon Harrison, Landon Collins on defense. Um, and now there's only Saquon left and there's no real like direction for the team. I think we'll know, we'll have a much better idea after the draft because yeah. I, I personally don't think they'll draft the QB because I, I just don't, they would have already said Eli was done or they would have cut him or something. Right. There's, there's no reason to keep Eli on the contract he's on right now if they really wanted to draft a quarterback and like develop him. But I mean... Well, I guess we'll just have to see with the draft. They got a bunch of picks now. Um, I mean, they yep. still, despite all those guys they got rid of, they only got one first-rounder back, which I think is just, uh, again, pretty Ridiculous. pretty bad. But, yeah. um, I mean, we'll just have to see what they do in the draft. Oh, I mean, they got a lot of picks. Maybe they trade up to the end of the first round if there's a QB there mm-hmm. at the back. Just do what the Ravens did. Let, let them sit behind uh, Eli for half a season or a full season if you need yeah. it. I mean, the the nice thing is now <clears throat> you have that mid-round pick. So let's say you want to go get, I don't know, DK Metcalf or, you know, Ed Oliver. I don't know, any of those guys who might be available mm-hmm. at number six that you like. And then at number mm-hmm. 17, you still got a guy like, who knows, Daniel Jones from Duke who's available, a quarterback who, you know, isn't. Like him. You do or don't? I don't. I don't like him. <laughs> Why not? Personally. 
I just I haven't really I I watched I watched a couple of games by him. Um, I watched the bowl game and mm-hmm. I watched I forget who he's playing. He he's good. He's good, but I I don't think he'll he'll be a probably he'll end up being a backup. That's what I think. He he's got solid accuracy. He doesn't have like crazy arm strength where he's yeah. going to throw it fifty plus yards down the field. Um. I mean, Dwayne Haskins would be the best option, I think, for the Giants. Oh, at least the way, the way they <laughs> want to run their offense, too. Definitely. A pocket passer where he can just hand it off 20 times, too, or dump it off to Saquon. Yeah. But I, I, like you said, I think they'll probably opt for the best player available like they did last year at right. number six. I, right. So I think, I mean, a guy like DK Metcalf would actually be pretty perfect for him now that Odell's gone. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I mean, at 17, I'm trying to think who would be around at 17, but a QB potentially, um, let's see. I mean, Kyler won't obviously drop nearly that fall. No, Haskins, Haskins won't ha- someone will trade up for Haskins if he starts falling, mm-hmm. but, and I, that could be a giant's move there actually with all the mid round picks they have. Trade up right. from seventeen to ten or something. Make sure you get that QB if yep. if they feel like they Haskins is the guy. But right. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. We got about a month and a half till the draft, and a lot of those things will heat up. But we're gonna move on now. Uh, we're gonna go to Le'Veon Bell. He signed with the Jets for four years, fifty-two and a half million dollars, which is shocking considering you know he declined. A five-year, seventy million dollar deal um, from the Steelers two years ago, and he even tweeted. I saw a tweet from him last offseason where someone said Le'Veon to the Jets for fifty million, and, and he actually replied to the tweet saying, "That's not going to be enough for me to go to the Jets." And here he is now signing four years, fifty-two and a half million dollars. What do you make of this? Because I mean, everyone thought you know this would be near eighty million dollars. Um, and everyone thought that he was not going to go to a team unless he was going to get that big-time money you know, that he wanted and that he talked about all offseason. So what do you make of this deal, and uh, how do you think this affects the Jets' future as well? <coughs> well, well um, I mean, if you're talking strictly financially, Le'Veon really screwed up here. Yeah, He lost himself. I mean, he— he probably is going to end up with more guaranteed money. But the idea that the Steelers would cut him at any point during that contract, except maybe the last year, but the idea that they would cut him is just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Even if he tore his ACL, the way, like, surgeries are, he's probably back and ready to play by the next season. Yeah. So it's uh, strictly financially, he lost out <coughs> on probably – like 30 40 million dollars yeah but i mean he probably had a hell of a good time this past year not playing football and he probably doesn't really (laughs) regret his decision and if he doesn't regret his decision i mean then more power to him because the man's making 12 million dollars a year just got 35 million dollars in his pocket and is still playing in the nfl so right I mean, it, to be honest, though, the situation with the Jets, <coughs> that was probably my least favorite team for him to go to. Because <coughs> the Raiders, <coughs> I mean, the Raiders, they at least, they have a solid O-line. I mean, they just signed Trent Brown to right. the biggest contract. 
<coughs> for O-linemen in history. They have they still have Derek Carr. <coughs> they have a lot of picks. Pretty bright future. And, I mean, <coughs> at least their coach, while John Gruden may be a joke, and he may flame out, he's at least been there for a year. And with the Jets, you got a new guy coming in who just failed in Miami. Yeah. Um, doesn't have the best rep with players. And in general, I mean, if you look at those two teams, those were the teams he was going to get the most money from. But if you look at the other options, too, <coughs> between the Bears, um, the, Ravens. the Ravens, who ended up actually not making an offer. That's what Adam oh, really? reported at, like, 4 a.m. yesterday. He's, they said <laughs> he, the Ravens actually never ended up making a final offer. Okay. But I don't know. I – Personally, as a Bears fan, I would have liked to see him go to the Bears. I thought that would have been a great fit. But I understand why they did not sign him and why the Jets did. The Jets need a guy that's going to make them or bring fans into the seats that isn't Sam Darnold. They have no real offensive weapons behind Sam Darnold. I mean, their top two wide receivers for the past two years, I think, have been Robbie Anderson and Quincy Nwa, who are just – no names pretty much i mean they're both they're both good receivers i mean they're but neither of them are a legitimate wide receiver one i wouldn't even say either of them are really wide receiver two type guys yeah but i would agree but i mean it'll be fun to watch him with darnold for the next four years um i mean that's a that's a pretty good combo because darnold can extend plays with his legs a little bit yeah have Le'Veon just trail out throw a little dump off. I mean, he's going to really put up some numbers this year. So, They're a team to me that is to actually moving in the right direction. Um, compared to the other New York team and the Giants, uh, the Jets, you know, they have a solid defense. We know they have Jamal Adams. We know they have, you know, a pretty well put together defense. And now, you know, they have Sam Donald, who they believe is the quarterback of the future. They have Le'Veon Bell now. Obviously, there's holes in the roster, um, you know, linebacker, cornerback, uh wide receiver obviously there's some holes in the roster but they're heading in the right direction they're not gonna be you know three and 13 next year they'll probably hover around seven and nine eight and eight they'll be a respectable team in the league but you know they got them for four years and if they're a team you know they're a team that sees themselves being in Super Bowl contention in three years two or three years once they add some pieces so and they believe Le'Veon Bell will be a big part of that and it's just interesting now you saw that he went for four years 52 and a half million and as a Bears fan you know, you kind of wonder, well, you know, the money, you know, four years, 52 and a half million after everything the Bears did to free up cap space, it was affordable, certainly yeah. for the Bears. And and, that, and that's why I think, you know, a lot of Bears fans got their hopes up after the report um, yesterday and all throughout the day, we were looking for more rumors about him going to the Bears. But I think at the end of the day, um, all the locker room issues and all of the drama, I think that might have been too much for the Bears. I'm not really sure what else it is because, you know, this was a very affordable number. And if Le'Veon, if Le'Veon Bell looks at this and looks at the Bears is financially, and let's say it's the same offer, you're obviously going to go to the Bears because they're a Super Bowl contender. They've got the coach of the year. They've got everything you would want. But I, I, maybe the Bears didn't offer him enough money or didn't offer him that much money. I mean, what do you make of that situation looking at that price now? Yeah, I mean— my guess is, I mean, this is purely speculation, but my guess is it was probably the guaranteed money that uh, pushed the Bears away just because okay. uh, a four-year contract with that much guaranteed money is probably going to end up 
uh, hurting them in the future because we're going to need to, I mean, if Trubisky ends up being the guy, which most Bears fans believe he is, you need to pay him in three years. So if you have Le'Veon still on your books for them, it's just, it's not a great use of cap because you can probably I mean you can we're going to draft a guy my guess is in the third or fourth round this year mm-hmm. and uh he'll be on a rookie contract then for the next 4 years and you can use that extra money on to keep bolstering the defense add another receiver once we lose Taylor Gabriel um or even add another tight end if we don't think Trey Burton is a legitimate top tight end right but, I mean, I don't know. This is a good move for the Jets in general. I mean, this is this will help help them win another game or two this year. I mean, they they won't be in contention in the division, I don't think, with no, the Patriots still there or with Tom Brady still there. But in a couple, like you said, I I agree with that. I mean, though, in a, if they think that they can be Super Bowl contenders in two three years, especially with Brady at forty one, forty two yeah. now, I mean, he can only. I mean, he's ageless. He's very clearly ageless, but. There will be there will come a time where he can't do it anymore. I mean, it just it will just happen. And at right. some point, the Jets, Bills, or Dolphins are going to have to pounce because that's going to be their first opportunity, really, mm-hmm. to do so in like twenty years. Here's what I look at when it comes to the running back position. And this, I'm I've told you this. I tell this to everybody: the running back is the most replaceable position in the NFL. Look at last year with the Steelers. They lose Le'Veon Bell. They get what was it? A second rounder or a third rounder in James Conner? Who? What was he drafted? Uh, James Conner, I believe, was third rounder. Third rounder, right? And he puts up pretty much identical numbers to Le'Veon Bell for a majority of the season. And he's one of the top running backs in the league for a majority of the season. And it, it just goes to show, if the Bears, you know, there's been a lot of speculation, they may move up in the draft. They may make some moves. And if they believe they get a running back and, you know, they sign Mike Davis and they get a high round running back, you can roll with Mike Davis, your draft pick, and Tariq Cohen and be yeah. just fine and save yeah. a crap ton of money. And like you said, they're not only going to have to pay Trubisky, they're going to have to pay Eddie Jackson a crap yeah. ton of money um, after yeah, his performance yeah. this year. They're going to have to you know, probably pay Tariq Cohen a good amount of money as well. So you know, people still yeah. think that after the Bears you know, saved $11 million from restructuring Cleo Mack's contract that they might make a big move, and I still think that's possible, but it just wasn't for Le'Veon Bell. We're going to move on now. Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram both joined the Ravens. I'm trying to look at the exact contracts. Oh, Earl Thomas is four years, $55 million. And uh, Mark Ingram is three years, $15 million, which is pretty cheap for Ingram. I think I thought he would go for a little bit more. But it's interesting now. Like the AFC North is loading up. um, And this is certainly a move that the Ravens need to make on the defensive side of the ball because – we know they just lost four key defensive players. Terrell Suggs. Um, who else did they lose? CJ Mosley. Right, uh, CJ Mosley. And Zadarius Smith. Yeah, so they lost some big-time players on their defense, and they only get one guy back in Earl Thomas. But I also think getting Ingram is important because we know what their offense is going to be for the next mm. five years. It's going to be a running offense. They're going to oh, yeah. hand the ball off to you know Ingram, Alex Collins, um, Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards, right, and the other guys that they have there, and you know, because they just got rid of John Brown as well and Michael yeah. Crabtree, so they really have nobody on the outside yeah. that I can think of. So yeah, I mean, and, just go, yeah, go ahead. And they signed a career-long blocking tight end to a six million right. per year <laughs> contract. It's like it's very. It, they're not even trying to hide what they're doing. I mean, they. I, I'll look it up right now, but they. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have six or seven tight ends on their roster, which is, really. 
it's ridiculous. It's unheard of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not hiding in what they want to do. They want to run the ball and run the ball again and keep running the ball. And then they'll pass it when they need to, but they are very determined to continue running the ball. And, I mean, they should. I mean, Lamar Jackson is the biggest threat uh, as a quarterback with his legs, probably since RG3, but you could yeah. argue since Michael Vick, yeah. I, w- I think, especially with RG3's injuries. But, I, I mean... It'll be interesting. Earl Thomas is a great signing, I think, for them. They, the Ravens consistently have great defenses yep. and consistently have great safeties between whether it's Ed Reed, Eric Weddle, um, mm-hmm. now Earl Thomas. I mean, is, is that a coincidence? Probably. But, I mean, it, it says something. They, they respect the safety position, and they're willing to pay a lot of money for it. And Earl Thomas really uh, – I mean, he sat out training camp. Then he showed up to start at the start of the season, broke his leg, and seemed like he was kind of screwed at that point. But, I mean, he comes back, gets a huge contract as a safety, and that's pretty awesome to see, especially for someone his age. Right. I mean, he's 29 years old right now. But the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, you're not really sure. Like, Lamar Jackson has his assets. He's got his legs. He did what he did at the end of the season to bring them to the playoffs. But you still can be skeptical of what he can do. Obviously, throwing the ball, and I know they're going to commit to the run, but there's still a lot of unknown within that organization. And, you know, they lose all of these defensive players, and sure, they get one back with Earl Thomas, but certainly their defense, I would say, has downgraded. And they were a very good defense last year. And with the Browns in the AFC North, you know, I I was going to ask the question, who's better in the AFC North right now, based off of these moves, the Browns or the Ravens. And I, I think it's pretty obvious that right now, talent-wise, looking at the rosters, the Browns are the heavy favorite in the AFC North. And the Ravens might even be third after the Steelers. I mean, that, that's how much I think they lost. And, and I don't mm-hmm. think these two moves really improve it that much because I'm still very skeptical of Lamar Jackson. So what do you think their outlook is in the AFC North? Yeah, I, I think third is a great place to put them. I think the Steelers are probably still first right now. Um, yeah, just because okay. just because okay. they the longevity of Ben Roethlisberger and he's proven. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, Earl Thomas is going to really help their defense, especially with C.J. Mosley gone because they need a captain of that defense still. Yeah, and. Uh, the Ingram signing, I think, is kind of inconsequential. I, I don't see that making a huge impact. I mean, he'll be good, and he'll keep doing what he's doing, which is he'll get 12, 13 carries a game, put up some, put up solid yards per carry, maybe catch a couple balls out of, the, out of the backfield. But I don't see him making a big enough impact where we see we look at him and we're like, wow, that, that got them into the playoffs this year. Earl yeah. Thomas, maybe, but, I mean, Mark Ingram, it's – it's not Le'Veon Bell. He, he's not a Le'Veon Bell type pickup where you're going to get a, maybe another win or two a season with him. He, he will help your team, but he's not going to get you really any more wins. I agree. And some interesting moves for the Ravens. We're going to move on now. D4 was traded to the 49ers. Um, former Chiefs pass rusher gets traded. And again, the, I'd say, you know, the most important news out of this is the collapse of this Chiefs defense. I don't know if it's a collapse, yeah. but... You know, we talked about this a little earlier. Um, 
they're, I think they ranked 28th in the NFL last year at the end of the season when it came down to yards per game with their defense. And now they lose, they're going to lose Justin Houston. They just lost D Ford. Uh, breaking news, they just cut Eric Berry. And, D, um, you know, they get Tyron Matthew back. But I, I just don't understand if you're the Chiefs what you're doing here. You know, basically, all that you're missing from a Super Bowl win is your defense. And you know how good the offense is and how yeah. good it will be for the next you know, two to three years. And all you're missing are some key players on defense. But instead of getting some back, you're really losing more than you're gaining. Yeah. And I mentioned to you earlier, I thought it was because of the Mahomes deal that they're going to have to give him. But right. I just thought about it now. And it's actually more likely that they need to pay Tariq Hill. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing, I think it was a week ago, I saw a report that he was looking to get, I think, one of the biggest contracts for wide receivers in NFL yep. history. Yeah. And they'll probably have to give him a lot of money a year. And Justin Houston, that doesn't that didn't really surprise me that much. I mean, he's old. Um, he was making way too much money than he needed to really. He was making, I think, eleven or twelve million. Uh he would have or he would have made eleven or twelve million next year. Um D Ford, I was kind of surprised that they traded him. I mean, I saw that they were looking to trade him for a while, but I mean, I don't know what their pass rush is going to be. I mean, Chris Jones is very good on the interior, but they, you need an edge pass rush presence, and I don't think they have that now. So I, I, don't, I don't know what their defense is going to do. And to be fair, though, I think a big reason why their defense was so badly ranked last year is because teams were forced to just constantly pass the ball and – work together or put together quick drives and score quickly because of yeah. how good Mahomes and their offense was a good point. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. You lose three guys like Houston, Justin Houston, D Ford and Eric Berry. Uh, your defense can't possibly be as good um, as it was the year before. So we'll see how they do. Um, Mahomes is really going to, Mahomes is going to need to do what he did last year and maybe more for them to get back to where they want to go. But um they'll be fun to watch still they'll they'll put up they'll put up 35 a game but i i don't see their defense doing much in the playoffs i I think they'll make the playoffs but i don't think they'll get very far if even out of the first round um unless they somehow make a trade um before the start of the season or during the season right and you know you look at the afc west we know how good the chargers are you know they're a team that i still think could leap over the chiefs next year um the Raiders I mean who freaking knows but it's not going to be a cakewalk um you know I'm not saying that it was a cakewalk last year but it will be more difficult than it was last year um with these teams AFC West so it'll be interesting to keep our eye on the Chiefs for the remainder of the offseason we're going to move on the Packers um our least favorite team have acquired three uh you could say big time defensive players Adrian Amos Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith but really you know, looking at these acquisitions, we're Bears fans, obviously, so we know what's going on with Adrian Amos. I think he was probably the most overrated player, um, considering, like, pro football focus ranked him the best safety of 2017, two years ago. I mean, yeah, and then third, I think, this past year. Right, which, and it's, 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 I mean, I don't know what their metrics are. I, I don't want to get into that, but he's really not, you know, a very great player. I mean, he had three interceptions and, you know, his years with the bears and two of them were off of tip balls that kind of just fell into his hands. And, you know, he hits pretty hard here and there, but he's really, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad the Bears didn't bring him back because I really just don't think he has that big of an impact on a, on a defense. And he was honestly almost carried by Eddie Jackson last year and what he was able to do. So, I mean, it helps. It, these, these acquisitions help the Packers, certainly. But I, I don't think they help them, you know, tremendously enough to where they're going to be the best team in the NFC North. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, they will be back to being the Packers, I think, with these moves. Um, just because they have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and a pretty good O-line. But I, Zadarius Smith, I, I really like that signing. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of the Pernell McPhee signing, uh, kind of under, slightly underused, but very talented Ra- uh, Ravens pass rusher. Um, Preston Smith, I, I don't really understand that signing. He, he, he's had a couple good, decent years. Um, but for the amount of money, I don't know. I don't have that up. I'll look it up. But um, I don't know how much. Went for fifty-two million dollars. Yeah, and over four years, that's paying him ten million annually is just not not a great use of uh, cap space. There. I mean, he's had yeah. he had two. He had a good rookie year, really good rookie year. I'm looking at his stats now. Really good rookie year, eight sacks, and went downhill from there. Had four and a half the year after, then eight again, then four last year. And right. I, I just don't see that being worth the amount of money they paid to get him. But, I mean, we'll see. The, these guys seem to – or the Packers seem to think that he could be good. And they just got rid of Nick Perry too, so they needed him. But I, right. I, I don't see them getting too much better. I mean, again, the problem is you're in a division with the Vikings and the Bears, so it's, it's not going to be easy for you. And I I'm really mm-hmm. don't know what to make of their head coach signing Matt LaFleur – you know, yeah, that too. Yeah, that really makes no sense in my opinion. So I, I don't know. I mean, their team really, you know, was in shambles last year, and they mm-hmm. really, you know, were a dumpster fire last year. So it's, it's not like they're just gonna immediately recover and be a twelve and four, eleven and five team. I mean, obviously, it's happened before, but you know, I, I just, I just don't see them being a playoff team next year at all. So we're gonna move on. Another NFC North team. The Lions made some moves. Actually, they got. Trey Flowers, who many people thought was uh, the highest coveted free agent of 2019, he got five years, $90 million, which is a lot of money. Uh, obviously, the Matt Patricia connection um, in Detroit is why they went out and got like a guy like Trey Flowers. And they got some other people as well. Who else did they get? They had a pretty big day one. Um, I would have to look. They got Justin Coleman, a quarterback, a corner back from the Seahawks for four years, $36 million. And I got a few other, uh, few other little guys as well. But again, Lions, similar to the Packers, they get some impact players here, but they're still not talented enough to where they're going to uh, compete in the NFC North. But you know, this definitely puts the NFC North as the best division in football, I'd say. Um, oh, you think? I, I would, yeah. I mean, I would assume, but you know, the Lions still. I, I just don't think Matthew Stafford is their guy to bring him to the promised land. But what do you make of these signings for the Lions? Yeah, I mean, well, Trey Flowers is a very good player. Um, and he's a good fit, obviously, because you spoke about the Matt Patricia connection. So he'll know how to use Trey Flowers. Yeah. Personally, um, just just on like a principal thing, I don't like signing Patriot players to long deals for a lot of money like that because – I think Bill Belichick gets just about everything he can out of all his players. And I yep. think I don't 
know the statistics or the correlation between Patriot players before and after Belichick, but my guess is that most of them, their production goes down. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. So, I mean, the, again, the Lions are kind of always a team, I mean, that are at least with ever since they got Stafford or ever since the second year after they got Stafford, they have been just always kind of always kind of there but never good enough to actually be seriously in contention. But they're yeah. never they're never bad enough to the point where you're like, wow, this is this may be the worst team in football this year. And I don't see that happening again next year, but I think they'll end up fourth in division. Um, just like pretty much every other year. <laughs> yep. That would, every other that year, every other year <laughs> the Bears aren't terrible, at least. Right. And the Bears will be very good for many years to come. Uh, we'll move on now. One of the most confusing signings, in my opinion, was Landon Collins going to the Washington Redskins for six years, $84 million. Now, I did read a thing today, I believe reported by Josina Anderson, who said he wanted to go to the Redskins his whole career because um, of Sean Taylor and the legacy that he left in Washington. But even then, um, the the Redskins are another team where you don't really know what the direction they're going in. Uh, they have an average at best roster and then they go out and they trade for case keenum but he's really not a guy that you think can um make a playoff run for them and then they lose haha clinton dix this year as well but they do get landon collins so what do you make of this signing and what position do you think this puts the redskins in yeah uh they'll be one of the worst teams in the nfl next year wow um I mean, they have no quarterback still. I mean, yep. Alex Smith is out all next year, and their two current quarterbacks are Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson, uh-huh. unless they've signed a new quarterback this offseason. Well, I they, got, they got uh, – they just got um, – why did I just blank on his name? Oh, my God. Um, who did they trade for? Oh, Case Keenum? Case Keenum, sorry. Yeah. I mean, okay. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah. That doesn't really change my opinion. Right, it doesn't case, change. Case, I mean, they don't have a quarterback. They don't really have any re- legitimate offensive weapons besides maybe Darius Geis, um, who's coming back this year. Yeah. But I, I agree though. I don't understand the Landon Collins signing. The it just seems like one of those classic Red Redskins signings, like the Albert Hainsworth deal, where yep. they just kind of realized the player wanted to go and they were like oh let's just give him a lot of money to make sure he wants to come here so we can sell some tickets and sell some jerseys right. i mean the redskins are historic right. they're similar to the browns but the browns i mean the haslams the owners of the browns are at least pretty devoted to making a good football team and they want the browns to be successful i feel like dan snyder uh, the owner of the redskins just doesn't care he, yep. he just doesn't seem to care. He is up there, I'd say, with uh, James Dolan for, of the Knicks, the Knicks uh, owner, with the, one of the worst owners in sports. I mean, he, he is pretty terrible. And this just screams Redskins to me. I mean, signing a safety to a six-year, $84 million deal, um, how many guaranteed money did he get? Like $56 million or something? I yeah, mean, that's just like that. Uh, that's far too much for safety, especially a safety. Landon Collins, he he's a very good player. I mean, he's a he's a Pro Bowl player, and he had a I think he had one or two All Pro seasons. I think only one, and just one, yeah. And I mean, yeah, obviously he's a very good player. He's one of the top safeties in the league. I wouldn't pay that money for. I probably wouldn't pay that money for the number one safety in the league. Nevertheless, uh, 
a top wow. five safety in the league. I, wow. I think Eddie Jackson may get a deal similar to that in a couple years. Um, same with, uh, oh, who's that other safety? I can't think of his name. But yeah, Eddie Jackson will get a similar deal like that in a couple years. And I honestly probably won't agree with it then. Um, but I, I mean, we'll see how it works. I mean, they'll sell some tickets and they'll sell some jerseys, but I don't see this translating to anything other than a very bad season for the Redskins. They will, right. end up, they will end up with a top five pick. And they, I mean, good. They should end up with a top five pick because they, they need a quarterback. They've kind of just been rolling with, you know, they rolled with Kirk Cousins who has shown that he can't lead a team to the playoffs. And then it was Alex Smith who, again, is really just, an average quarterback at this point when he's not under Andy Reid. So he is, is Kirk Cousins light. He is basically Kirk Cousins, except he can run a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. Like he, exactly. He's like the same player. He will do such stuff within the offense yeah. and he'll put up solid numbers if like he has guys around him, but he's not a quarterback that can carry a team on his back and win like five, six games for a team. Exactly, and, and Case Keenum isn't that guy either. So they really yeah. just need to find themselves a quarterback because that, that's what they're missing. And it was weird. Adrian Peterson you know, just re-signed for two years, very low amount of money. I don't know the exact amount, but very low. Um, and it, what he said after he signed was, you know, I signed with the Redskins because I like where we're going and I like the moves that we made. And I, I, I really just don't understand that because I don't understand how you can like, you know, I mean, sure, you can I mean, like that they yeah. signed these guys, but if you're that old, a lot of guys that old are looking for a team that's close to the Super Bowl or has a direction because they want to, you know, end their career with a ring. The one thing that they're missing, I mean, he's got all the stats and all the accolades other than um, a Super Bowl ring, but apparently he believes that, that the Redskins are going in the right direction. So I, I don't really see what he's seeing there, but, you know, I, yeah. I, I guess if he believes that. And, I mean, I mean, they could be. They could be, but you don't know. You don't know that right now. I mean, right. they, they haven't made any significant moves that tell you, oh, okay, this this team could contend soon. I mean, Landon Collins, he's a great player, but he alone is not going to vault a team into contention. You need a quarterback. You need a running back. Or I mean, you don't need a running back, but you need a running back that will put up decent numbers. Yeah. Um, and you need some receivers, and they don't really have any of those. Um, their defense, Their defense is pretty good. I mean, that's why they – were able to actually stay in games last year. But, oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, until you get a quarterback and some receivers, I they just won't be good. Which, I mean, you could argue, oh, there's it's a pretty good quarterback class next year, and if they get a top pick, they'll be able to get a top uh, QB. Like, yeah, but quarterback classes vary drastically from the start of the season to the end of the season. Oh, you yeah. Don't you don't really know. And if that's – I mean, if that's the – thought process for Adrian Peterson I mean fair enough but you just don't know at this point they they have at least a year or two they're at least a year or two away from actually being like talked about talked about as a team that could make a rise so you just mentioned about these quarterback classes that's funny because everyone wants to say this year oh it's a it's a terrible quarterback class and it's one of the worst ever well I mean look at the uh, the 2017 quarterback class with Trubisky, Watson, and Mahomes. People said that was one of the worst quarterback yeah. classes of the decade, and now yeah. you got three Pro Bowlers out of that one, including the MVP of the league. So, I, you know, it, it's really too hard to tell. You really can't make any assumptions about a quarterback class um, un, un, until their first year of play or a few years after um, they get drafted. So, 
We'll have to see. We're going to move on. Anthony Barr. Strange situation with him. So he committed to signing with the Jets. And then he had a change of heart. And he went back to the Vikings for five years, $67.5 million. But the most important thing out of this was this happened right in the thick of the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes. So does did, did that move right there with Anthony Barr change the outcome of Le'Veon Bell's decision here? Because we know after <clears throat> Anthony Barr went back to the Vikings, you know, immediately after the Jets said they put out their final um, offer yeah. to Le'Veon and they gave him the deadline and everything right after um, Anthony Barr went back to the Vikings. So do you think that move actually might have changed the outcome of Le'Veon Bell? Maybe. Um the one thing I think it definitely did affect is they probably gave him five to ten more million dollars yeah. in guaranteed money um, after that, or after Barr went to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think that many teams were willing to go where the Jets were money-wise. Um, I, I almost think that the Jets were almost bidding with themselves. I mean, maybe yeah. the Raiders were in on it too, but I don't see any way that any team that the Ravens uh, the Bears, the Eagles, or um, any other team that was going for him, I don't think they were willing to go. I mean, even though it was a decent contract, I don't think they were willing to go there. And then when the Jets upped the guaranteed or whatever they did, they they had to have upped the amount of money that he got somehow. And that probably pushed it over the edge. Because, yep. I mean, it, it was pretty clear. Le'Veon's main concern was money. Right. Um so that that probably that probably ended up solidifying him going to the Jets. Right, because I mean, no one knows what the offer was before Anthony Barr's move here or, or anything, but you gotta assume if it was lower, like let's say it was around forty five million or you know, forty two million or something like that, which probably would have been on the lower end of what you know, people would have thought, but if it was around there, that's certainly something that the Bears or the Ravens would have given him that might have been more attractive. But I think after, you know, Anthony Barr commits to the Vikings and the Jets are like, all right, now we've got all this money. We don't have to spend, you know, this $67.5 million on Anthony Barr here. We're going to give Le'Veon Bell a little more to convince him to come mm-hmm. to the Jets. And then that's why they gave him the deadline and everything. And I think that ultimately sealed the deal. I'm, I think it would have been the Jets all along, really. But, you know, that, again, like you said, it, that move right there just kind of put it over the edge because they were able to add a few more million dollars. So yeah. interesting situation there with Anthony Barr. It seems like something like this happens every year um, where a player, you know, go, you know, signs with a different team and then, you know, doesn't sign with that team and goes back to their original team or something like that. Um, so he was the case for 2019. But we'll move on now. Uh, Tyron Matthew, like we said, to the Chiefs for three years, $42 million. We already talked about the Chiefs, so we'll move on to Nick Foles, uh, traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is where most people thought he would have gone. This happened about a, you know three, four days ago, but the interesting thing here is, sure, the Jackson Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars lost defensive tackle Malik Jackson, but we still know that their defense is extremely talented, although they did not perform well last year. We know they have Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell. Um, they have some very, uh, very good players on that side of the ball, even though they did lose Dante Fowler Jr. as well. Does this move for Nick Foles, or they didn't trade for him. They acquired him through free agency. Um, does, this, does this move put Jacksonville back on the map or not? Um, I don't think anyone has any idea, to be honest. And anyone that says that they do is kind of lying because Nick Foles has been very hit or miss his entire career. Yep. And he had, I mean, he got 
88 million dollars over four years <laughs> because he went through he had one good playoff run i mean he he had a good game against the bears in the and playoffs it wasn't great it wasn't great but, yeah he was not the reason they won that game though and i mean he may have had a great postseason run in uh 2018 but or year before uh but I, I don't see this being what folds the Jaguars into Super Bowl contention again. I Maybe their defense is back to where it was, and Nick Foles can do um, a better job of being Blake Bortles, which means yeah. <laughs> actually throw the ball 10 yards down the field accurately. But, yep. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, again, it'll, it'll, their entire team is indicative of their, how their defense does. And their defense will be great again, but... Will Nick Foles be able to win games for them next year? Probably not. Uh, I mean, they'll win games because of they're not going to change their identity because of Nick yep. Foles. They're going to run the ball. Yep. They're going to play solid defense. And Nick Foles just needs to not make mistakes. And I really don't think anyone could give you a real answer on whether uh, he'll be good or not. My guess is he, he'll be okay. Um He'll have game like I mean, like I said, he's very hit or miss. He'll have games where you're like, wow, okay, this guy could be a franchise QB. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll have games where you're like, what, what the, what are you doing, Nick Foles? <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Right. You're getting paid twenty-two million dollars, and you just threw an interception to the defensive tackle. Like, what are you doing, Nick Foles? Exactly. And- but, yeah, I mean it. They'll be they'll be good again. They'll be good. They'll be better than they were last year because quarterback was their main issue, and Nick Foles is better than both of their QBs last year. So they'll be better, but I don't I I don't know whether they'll be back to where they were. Well, there, there's two sides of it for me. The first side that I look at is, you know, okay, their defense isn't as good as it was when they made the AFC Championship run in 2017. We know that because they lost um, Malik Jackson and Dante Fowler Jr. But you know, that year, um, I think their team is really reliant on Leonard Fred. I really do. I mean, we know how bad Blake Bortles was. I mean, he wasn't terrible that year, but he surely wasn't great. And they their offense was carried by um, by Leonard Fournette. So if you can just have Nick Foles be a little better than what Blake Bortles was that year and, and have Leonard Fournette just stay on the field and not get injured, they may compete. Um but again, you know, last year, Nick Foles started the first game of the season against the Falcons. He did not play well. He really, you know, the evidence that we have of Nick Foles is that he's a great playoff quarterback, but he really just hasn't consistently been able to do it in the regular season. And, you know, I, I again, I'm not necessarily convinced that he will be able to put together a 4,000-yard season with 30 touchdowns. I'm, I'm really not convinced, and especially with the wide receiver core that they have. They lost Alan Hearns to the Cowboys last year. They lost Alan Robinson to the Bears. They're running with Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Shark, Keelan Cole. They're going to lose Dante Moncrief probably to yeah. free agency. Um, so, I mean, they're really, again, going to be a team that's going to rely on Leonard Fournette. But I, I really just don't see Nick Foles putting together a consistent season um, until he gets to the playoffs. So No. And, I mean, if you also go back and look at the things he was doing with the Eagles – a lot of it was because he had big receivers who could go up and yep. catch the ball one-on-one. And the Jaguars do not have one of those guys, not even really close to one of those no. guys. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the offense, whether they kind of turn him into a West Coast quarterback who makes five, six-yard throws and let him run or 
keep let him keep doing what he's doing, which is whip it down the field and hope your receiver comes up with it. Because if you watch, if you watch a lot of those games he played in last year, I mean, he was literally he would just he would kind of sit in the pocket and he would see Alshon Jeffrey one on one and he would lob it right up to him because yep. Alshon Jeffrey is a great possession catch uh, receiver, and I don't think the Jaguars can do that. They're they're running offense and their receivers don't really do that i mean they're short receivers they're slot receivers oh, yeah. that are gonna catch three four yard passes or maybe eight nine yard passes and try and get run after the catch so i don't know it'll be interesting i mean especially if you look at i mean going back to when he was with the eagles they traded for golden tate yep. gave uh, they gave away like a third round pick and it took them uh many games for them to even get golden tate involved and right. while and he's Nick still Foles with that much Exactly. And I mean, those are all the types of receivers that the Jaguars have. So, I mean, it'll be interesting, but I don't see the Jaguars doing that much next year. I just don't think, I think their defense may have been kind of a one year thing. They, I mean, they still have talent, a lot of talent in the secondary um, and their linebackers, but their D line, like you were saying, they lost Malik Jackson, Clayus Campbell is only getting older. Um, So, yeah, yeah, Dante Fowler. Um, is he did he sign, re-sign with the Rams? That yeah, happened? one year, yeah. fourteen million. Wow, yeah, that's a lot of money for Dante Fowler. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't see the Jag- Jaguars being that good, especially um, in that division. I think the Texans are going to have control of that division for a long time. Really, not the Colts. I mean, they could. The Colts could. Um, they have a lot of draft picks and a lot of potential with their guys, but I mean, the, I think the Texans have more talent on defense. Um, I'd say Deshaun Watson can—he's probably not as good of a quarterback as Andrew Luck, but just the things Deshaun Watson can do are kind of otherworldly, and he very clearly kind of has that it factor when it comes to a quarterback. He will win a game for you. He'll be down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and he will put a team on his back yeah. and make sure they win that game. I mean, you saw it. They almost came back against the Patriots last year. Um, like, I think it was either the first, second, or third game of the year. I mean, he was all coming off a torn ACL, like one of his first games back. He almost leads a game-winning drive against the Patriots. Um, it, I, it'll be... It'll be interesting to watch that division, but I definitely see the Colts and Texans um, way above the Jaguars and the Texans kind of firmly in that number one spot right now. I think the interesting thing about that division right now is the Colts, they have the most cap space in the NFL with $94 million right now, and they really haven't made any moves um, mm-hmm. in free agency yet. So I think that's kind of shocking because we know there's still a few pieces away um, you know, from the AFC Championship or from a Super Bowl offensively uh they've got some good things going but uh the defensive side of the ball um you know they probably need a little bit more help there so i don't know if there's still some moves to be made if you're the indianapolis colts but they sure have a bunch of money uh to make a splash in free agency and we haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet we're gonna move on now to the bears our team uh they're a team obviously who hasn't made a splash because they simply can't make a splash right now um, I mean, they can, but, you know, it was expected that they wouldn't because of the low amount of cash space they have. But they did gain a lot from, uh, you know, restructuring Kyle Long's contract, restructuring Khalil Mack's contract. And they've gained some space, which 
you know, it makes you wonder if you're a Bears fan. You're kind of con- conflicted. It's like, okay, you see them make all these moves for the cap space. So you wonder, all right, they're, they're not making these moves for nothing, right? Like, they're going to do something big. And as much as you want to think that, but then you again, like we talked about, you got to pay Trubisky and Eddie Jackson and all these guys in a few years. Are they saving up for that? So I have a mm-hmm. question for you. Do you think they still go after a guy like Justin Houston, Tevin Coleman, even HaHa Clinton Dick some people are talking about? Do you still think they go after oh, a big-time guy in free agency, or do you, or do you, think, um, do you think they just sit back and save their money? Um, well, my guess is they probably don't go after someone like HaHa. Um, he's, he's kind of a similar player to Eddie Jackson in that he, he'll roam the back, um, back of the secondary and try and get interceptions. He won't really play in the box as much. And Eddie Jackson can't really play in the box. He is a purely, he is a pure safety. He will sit in the back and he will get you interceptions and return them for touchdowns as we saw last year. But uh, I mean, with Eric Berry just getting released, I mean, no less than two hours ago, uh, I, I think he is a legitimate target for them. I think they should sign him. There's a connection there between him and Nagy. Um, I mean, obviously, Nate was an offensive coach, but he knows Eric Berry. Um, Berry plays in the box, but he can also make plays, something we didn't see from Amos. Um, but, in, yeah, in, in regards to safety, I mean, they're, they're going to sign a safety. They have to. I, I feel like they have to sign a safety. They just lost Amos, and I don't think you can go into the draft with Dion Bush as your starting uh, strong safety. I just don't see that happening. It may be a small name or a lower name vet, that no one's really ever th- uh, no one had thought of, but yeah, um, I don't see them at least safety wise. I don't see them going after a big name. Justin Houston, I could see them going after Justin Houston um, as an additional pass rusher because again that Kansas City connection. Um, Nagy's made it pretty clear, or it seems like Nagy's made it pretty clear uh, that he likes Kansas City players. Um, he likes the trust that he has with those players, um, but I mean. I, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, like you said, they created all that cap space for something. Um, and we thought it was Le'Veon Bell for a little bit. That's obviously not the case now. So I'm, I'm waiting to see who they get. Um, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch the next couple weeks here because it'll probably be pretty solidified within the next couple weeks. They got to start yeah. getting their draft board ready, things like that. And, uh, again, I think – they got to do something. Um, you know, Justin Houston would be great, but they certainly don't need that type of help in the front seven. It would ha- it, w- it would be incredible if they got him, but I think the focus should be on the secondary. And I think the one thing you can't rule out either is re-signing Bryce Callahan. Um, you know, Buster Scrine only went for three years, $60 million. That's a very low amount of money. And, you know, we, we're aware of Callahan's injury issues. So maybe you think, Okay, Pace went out and got Buster Scrine so they could, you know, use him as a depth guy for when Callahan is injured, which is pretty frequently. But, you know, when Callahan's on the field, we know he's a top five nickel cornerback in the league. We know he has a bunch of a, a potential. Um, so I, I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't rule that out either um, because they have all this money now to use. Will they keep Callahan? Um, especially since we don't have to worry about Amos now. We know he's gone. We don't have to worry about that. So I think they're going to make a move at some point. It's going to be – I'll say it's going to either be Callahan, Houston, 
or Eric Berry again. Um, I don't know what we'd be picking up. I don't know what Eric Berry's contract looks like right now. Um, because you, I'm not really sure. Um, I can't imagine it's too much money, but you know, I, I think they're going to do something because again, this team was very good, but they're still again, a few pieces away, um, from an ultimate Super Bowl uh, appearance. And I think Cordell Patterson helps that, though. They signed Cordell Patterson. Was it two years, $10 million, I believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I tweeted this out. I, I think him and Tariq Cohen would instantly be uh, the best return duo in football. But Cordell Patterson can do a lot on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, last year, he surprised everyone with the Patriots when he was able to start actually running the ball effectively here and there. Uh, we know he can catch the ball. I mean, his primary position is wide receiver, but he's a guy yeah. who fits perfectly with Matt Nagy because he can run these end of rounds. He can run basically mm-hmm. all these crazy things that Nagy wants to do. So I think yeah. that's a huge pickup, but the Bears certainly are going to have to do something else in free agency to, to make a splash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Cordero Patterson, um, that is, uh, it's a very, I think they gave him maybe a little too much money. Um, I'm not sure the sort of impact he'll have. Um, he'll right. be a great return man. He'll be a huge. I mean, we had Benny Cunningham, uh, Taquan Mizzle, and at one point Anthony Miller returning yeah. kicks. Because um, you can't have Tariq Cohen returning kicks as much as every Bears fan would love that. That he would get demolished within a few games. I mean, he would. I mean, that's why you never saw it. And the one time yeah. they put him out there. It was that last play against the Eagles. I mean, picked up like 40 yards, but um, I mean, he would get whacked as a normal kickoff returner. So that's a huge pickup um, in regards to Patterson. And like, I mean, like you said, too, I mean, he is going to be a gadget in Nagy's system. I mean, he lined up, I think, at tight end, uh, slot receiver, outside receiver, running back, um, all four of those positions at one point or another during last season. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I'm looking forward to watching that. And you mentioned Eric Berry's contract. He he made uh, he was gonna he's due to make twelve and a half million this upcoming year. Okay. Um, but my I mean the fact they cut him means that he's probably gonna be making a good amount less than that. I'd say he'll probably command like eight nine million. And I just I really think that's a great fit for the Bears. I think they should pounce on that immediately. And just never look back. Him and Eric, Eddie Jackson and Eric Berry and Secretary, I just don't. Especially with Kyle Fuller too. I mean, that's that's a top top five secondary in the league. Oh, if we get Berry, yeah. um, but I I don't know who else they get to be honest. There's I mean, there's a lot of guys available. Maybe Darian Stewart, um, but again, he is more of free safety than a strong safety. Um, yeah. Maybe go after Sendejo. Uh, from the Vikings, he's a big hitter, kind of similar to Amos, um, but not as much of a playmaker, even though Amos didn't have much of that ability. Sendejo is even worse. Um, but just someone, if it's not Barry, it's going to be someone, for, in regards to safety, it's going to be someone cheap, um, maybe a vet, and then they'll probably draft someone too. But um, yeah, Justin Houston is really the one I'm looking at for the Bears. I just, I... I know you were saying you don't think Edge is one of their biggest needs, and I honest, I personally disagree. I think that is one of their biggest needs um, because you need pass rushers. Leonard Floyd's on the last year of his deal. Um, he's been inconsistent overall as a pass rusher. He won't be brought uh, back. Yeah, I mean, he, 
Probably not. He needs Unless to have like a, yeah, year. he needs to have like a career year to, for him to uh, come back. Um, and while Houston isn't a long term option, but you sign him to a two, three year deal that gives you a little bit of that gives you a small period where you at least don't need to get another starting pass rusher. And also we lost Aaron Lynch, uh, Sam Acho. Acho is more of a uh, special teamer, but he still got some snaps uh, on the edge, at least um, maybe not as much last year, but the year before. Um, but we also lost Aaron uh, Aaron Lynch. Well, are we gonna? He is hitting the market, right? Oh yeah, um, yes. I okay. I would be surprised if we signed him um, because he we signed him to a pretty cheap deal last year, and he actually had he had a he had a pretty good season. I mean, yeah. if you watched if you watched him and only him, um, he wasn't amazing. But the things he did for the defense was very helpful. He'd come in, spell Floyd and Mac, give him a breather, and he'd yep. be a solid rush defender. So um, I really think we need to replace him. Um, and I think Justin Houston will be perfect because not only is Justin Houston miles better than Aaron Lynch, but uh, front five of him, Leonard Floyd, Eddie Goldman, uh, Akeem Hicks, and Khalil Mack is just lethal and I think that that is ex- probably exactly what the Bears are thinking too. It's just the question of whether they're willing to shell out the money to sign them. And you're, you're you're convincing me now because again, like I said, I, I didn't think it was the biggest need, but you, Khalil Mack is getting double team or triple teamed every time he he he's rushing. I mean, oh yeah, that's the only way you can stop him. So if they're triple teaming or double teaming Khalil Mack. It's probably going to be one-on-one, whoever's on the opposite side of him. And if that's Justin Houston, you're looking at another top 10 pass rusher in the league, being able to go one-on-one with Khalil Mack on the other side. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be nearly unstoppable. And why do you think Aaron Lynch was able to be productive at times? It's because Khalil Mack was drawing all the attention on the other side and Aaron Lynch was able to you know, get him one-on-one and you know, be able to do some things on the other side. And again, when you want Khalil Mack to rest, you just throw Houston in there and... It, He's again miles better than Aaron Lynch, so you've convinced me there. And I think, you know, I think that's going to start gaining some steam as well. And do you think it's possible they get both Justin Houston and Eric Berry, or do you think that's just no, probably too much? Not. Probably not. Because um, while I think they have the, ca- they probably have the cap room to do it. Um, they still have other holes they need to fill, um, just in terms of depth and special team guys. Um, that using the rest of your cap, you'd probably take up pretty much the rest of our cap space. Oh yeah, and definitely. And, and while Houston would be extremely valuable, um, I think Barry is uh, probably a much higher um, need or bigger need. Yeah. Um, because we don't have a starting safety uh, next to Jackson right now. Um, but I mean, Justin Houston would. I mean, if we didn't, if we missed out on Barry, he is. He would really help our pass rush. That would not only would that improve our pass rush that would help negate the fact that we don't have a great strong safety because there's going to be much less time for the quarterback to throw the ball so i i think one of the, either one of those guys is a guy i'm looking at for the bears to sign um because for one they haven't really made any move i mean we saw who oh, they signed ted larson earlier today guys so yeah big big pickup there huge huge uh depth for o-line right there but I'm gonna. I'm pretty sad. Eric Cush is gonna be leaving. Maybe that's that's sad. I was a big Eric Cush fan. <laughs> um, but you know, Justin Houston and Eric Berry, just one of those guys. As long as I get one of those guys, um, I uh, I'd be very happy. 
I think, again, a big thing that people aren't talking about is, you know, people are just assuming right now that Jordan Howard's not going to be a Chicago Bear in 2019. And there's really, like, when you talk to people about what the Bears should do in free agency and they say what they want to say, it doesn't involve Jordan Howard. It seems like everyone thinks Jordan Howard is going to be traded. um, And it's, it's strange because we heard the rumors earlier in the year and then we heard the rumors about a few weeks ago about a possible trade for him. But you really... You know, we know Jordan Howard doesn't necessarily fit the Nagy system, but do you think it's still possible that Jordan Howard could be a bear in 2019? That way they wouldn't really have to do much as far as free agency. They could still draft a running back and then, you know, do what they want. But, you know, people are just assuming Jordan Howard's going to be gone. Do you agree with that? Or do you think there's still a slim chance he stays in Chicago for 2019? I'd say there's a chance, but I'd say that chance is probably... um between five and ten percent um because i mean as of right now they don't have a starting running back mike davis is a good he's a solid running back but he is not going to be their starting running back so as of right now jordan howard still is their starting running back and i don't think they will trade him unless they know they're going to be able to get that guy that starting running back and i think they are either going to sign another running back or they're just going to wait to the draft um and maybe trade Howard after the draft um right before the draft um someone like that for just a low round pick I I'd be very surprised if he was on the team next year though the running back I'm really looking for though to replace him um I'm really looking at the draft I really like David Montgomery out of Iowa State um he just reminds me he just seems like almost a clone of Kareem Hunt he's strong He, he doesn't have breakaway speed um, I think it was 40 at the combine was like four, six, maybe four, five, nine or four, six, four. Um, but I mean, he's strong, he's balanced. He hits the holes hard. He, he really reminds me of Kareem Hunt and I would love, I think he may get drafted in the first round. So I think he may be out of the bears reach, but if somehow he were to fall into the second round, mid second round, I would not put it past pace to trade up and get that guy because yeah. I mean, Running back is very important to, I mean, offenses, and you need a you, you can get a cheap one, and I mean, obviously that's the that's the big fad in the NFL right now. You know, get a cheap running back because um, paying running backs isn't the way to go. But you still need a good running back to, to be like a contending team. You need to have a running threat, and I wouldn't be surprised if Montgomery were to fall into the second mid second round if the Bears traded up. I mean, Pace has shown Ryan Pace has shown in the past he is completely unafraid to make a move like that. I mean, you saw it with the Clomac trade last year. Oh, yeah. Um, You saw it with the Anthony Miller uh, move up. They got rid of their second rounder this year to do that um, because they loved Anthony Miller. I wouldn't put it past them to do the exact same thing this year if uh, it meant they got their guy at running back because I don't think that their guy is Jordan Howard. Yeah, and I... It, it's sad because I love Jordan Howard as a person, and I think he's a great player, but it's just it's just not, you know, you need a running back who can catch the football. Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard can't catch the football. He's really not the fastest guy, and he's a guy that needs, you know, 20 touches a game um, to get going. So I think he will be gone. Um, other guys who I think the Bears could go after, wide receiver Golden Tate, I still think is a possibility because, yeah. you know, the interesting thing, though, is – 
it's all again. It's contingent on Kevin White here, basically, because I think Javon Wims is going to come up next year and be really mm-hmm. freaking good. Um, yeah. Anthony Miller's only going to get better. Allen Robinson only going to get better in the system. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, I mean, he's he's just going to be what we know he is. Get us those forty yard plays, uh, speed threat. But you know, do you think a guy like Golden Tate or you know Dante Moncrief or even Michael Crabtree who got released, you know, do you think they need one more threat? Um, if Kevin White does not get brought back, um, my guess is if they were to go out and get a wide receiver, um, it would. I mean, they got their speed guy. They need. We needed another speed guy because Taylor Gabriel. He he was good for us and he's fast, but he didn't really have much run after the catch ability for him. I mean, you saw any deep ball pretty much that got thrown to him. He almost just caught it like laying out, and that that could be Trubisky's fault, but. It's somewhat of a testament to how good of a, a wide receiver he is, and I think we need another outside receiver. Personally, um, I'm not sure if we'll get him. I don't know if that's high priority for the Bears front office right now. Yeah, I, I don't see a guy like Golden Tate um, being a great fit. I think he'd be a great player, and he'd fit in the system perfectly. But I see Anthony Miller as pretty much the same type of player as Golden Tate. And I think that the Bears probably think the same thing. I mean, they traded up. I mean, like I just said, they traded up um, like a whole whole round. They got rid of a future second rounder because they were confident in Anthony Miller. And my guess is they are going to plug Anthony Miller in the slot at the start of the season, this upcoming season, and they probably will never look back. And I think, I mean, Golden Tate's a slot receiver. So, I mean, he can play on the outside, but he's a slot receiver. So, um, I'm looking at the free agent wide receivers right now, though, and um, Moncrief. You mentioned Moncrief earlier. Moncrief could be a potential um, guy if you if you get, can get him for cheap. Um, he can play on the outside. He's got speed for days, yeah. um, and he he'll have a big catch here or there, and he'll put up solid numbers all year. He'll, he's not a star wide receiver, but you can put him on the outside when Anthony Miller or Taylor Gabriel need to come off, and that gives you a couple more inches too. Um, or Moncrief, I mean, gives you a couple more inches than Taylor Gabriel would. Um, so that that's where I think they would go. Um, just someone with a little more size um, to put on the outside. Because now with Kevin White gone, I mean, they never used him. But with Kevin White gone, and I mean, Javon Wims will be, a, it looks like he could be a really good player by everything we've seen from him so far. But he's not going to just come in and immediately be that number two, number three receiver that the Bears probably need. Because I don't think Taylor Gabriel's that guy either, and Anthony no. Miller, Anthony Miller could be. Um, and my guess is they may go into the year thinking he could be, and they'll hope that he is. Um, but they probably need another wide receiver to help boost that core there. Maybe Des Bryant, guy like Des Bryant. I don't Ooh, know. If, I don't know okay. if he's he, he hasn't signed with the Saints yet. That could be a solid fit, possession receiver oh, yeah. on the outside, play like the. Crazy. Yeah. I but, ser- yeah, I was thinking about that. I, it seemed a little bit, you know, far-fetched, but, I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, he's going to be going for cheap, probably. Oh, um, he'll, he'll go for really cheap. I mean, he just tore his Achilles, so, he's. I mean, he's coming back from a big injury, but you can get him for cheap, keep him, keep him as depth for a couple weeks, and put him in next to Anthony Miller and uh, Allen Robinson, and yeah. then have Taylor Gabriel come in for Bryant when you need more speed. I mean, that seems like a pretty good scenario right there, but that's just 
pure, completely pure speculation. I don't think the Bears have ever been, nor do I think they will get tied to Des Bryant. But that's the sort of, that's the sort of guy I would expect them to maybe go after. Um, kind of a bigger, more of a possession guy to put on the outside. Because yeah. we just need another guy that can go up and get catches like that. Because otherwise we're relying on Trubisky to just hit perfect spots. And if we're being realistic, that's just not going to happen. Not yet, at least. It's not going right. to come next year. I mean, he he showed he has a lot of potential still, and he, he could be great in this offense. But he's not just going to come out and be Aaron Rodgers next year. He'll he'll no. still be he'll still be Mitch Trubisky. So we'll yeah we'll I mean we'll see what happens there. Um, but my guess is running back is probably running back edge and safety are probably the highest priorities for Bears right now. Yeah, and like they they might even you know they might even go with a guy like Marcus Gilchrist for relatively cheap. Um, but oh, I, yeah. again, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. A, that's a guy I like. Yeah, Marcus I like Gilchrist. Marcus Gilchrist. But again, with Eric Berry here, it it, it almost makes too much sense. Um, but I I think I would rather have Justin Houston because you convinced me. But uh, <laughs> you could probably get Houston and Gilchrist and then go to the draft for running back because if you want to exclude wide receiver, I think the only holes here with this uh, roster is running back, edge, and uh, safety. So if you fill it with Houston and Gilchrist and then get a running back from the draft, you're looking at a very dangerous team um, here, especially if they trade Jordan Howard for possibly a third-round pick. Um, and get a little bit more capital out of that. Um, so we'll have to see. It's been a busy offseason, and it will only get busier from here. Well, I mean, not really, because, I mean, that was insane. I think that was one of the craziest first three days oh. of free agency I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw uh, it was a year lo- over a year-long uh, free agent saga, basically, for Le'Veon Bell finally culminate in him uh, right. dropping his mixtape at midnight and then 20 minutes later announcing the team he's going to go to i mean and then six hours before that we saw the trade no one thought was going to happen which was the odell beckham he Mm -hmm. got moved to the browns um yeah i mean it's it's been pretty crazy and i i think the draft may end up being even crazier to be honest i mean the whole kyle the whole kyler murray situation really fascinates me oh yeah because i have no idea what's going to happen there i mean because, I mean, the Cardinals could very well trade Josh Rosen and pick Kyler Murray number one, but they could also, I mean, I they could also trade away that pick to a team that wants Kyler Murray, like the Raiders maybe. Yep. Um, or they could just stay in that spot, build up a bunch of speculation, never do anything, and just take Nick Bosa at number one. So, <laughs> exactly. and that, I mean, it, it, and it could go any, any three ways. And I think the leading thing right now is they're building up trade value for their pick by saying they love Kyler Murray and they're just going to end up trading it and try to recoup, recoup as much value as possible so they can build that roster quickly in Arizona. But uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch the draft. I'm, I'm a big, big watcher of the draft. I love watching all those trades go down. And I think there will probably be more this year than there were last year. So it'll be, I mean, there wasn't that many. I can't remember how many there were last year, but, was there a well, lot in the first well, top ten? I mean, well, the one, the big one was um, the Bills traded up to take Josh Allen, and the Cardinals traded up to take Josh Rosen. Right. Um, and I think the fact that the Cardinals traded up to take Josh Rosen is one of the main reasons that um, 
they're like there's all this confusion right now. I mean, they have an entirely I mean, they have a new coach, a completely new system, and Rosen may not fit it. Um, pe- people don't even really know if Rosen would fit the offense or not. There's just a bunch of confusion going on there, and I'm very excited to see how it uh, unfolds in the next few weeks. Uh, interesting, actually. Speaking of Kyle Murray, he had his pro day today. Um, this is probably not news, but it, it was reported that head coach Cliff Kingsbury and general manager, um, I forget the Cardinals, his name, the Cardinals general manager, they both did not attend his pro day, which people just want to make news out of, but it's pretty much really saying that they just sent a few scouts over there. And I think people just want to make, you know, again, news about the fact that those two guys did not show up, but it, I would assume they sent some scouts over there. And again, I think ultimately they're going to take Kyler Murray. It, it, it makes too much sense. And I, I just yeah. don't think any of what Cl- anything of what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do, he's not going to be able to do with uh, Josh Rosen. So again, these things will heat up. I think it's going to be a very exciting draft and it will be a very exciting remainder of free agency. Patrick Austin, it was good to have you on here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. thanks a for having me, fun. Kevin. It was great talking. I yep. uh, look forward to seeing you whenever I get back in, back in town. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Summertime, we'll have you on for sure. A bunch oh, of other yeah. times, uh, you know, training camp and even, you know, post-draft outlook. Uh, yeah. We'll have you on. So good to talk to you and have a good rest of your week, my man. Yeah, thanks. You too, Kevin. All right, peace out. All right, peace out.